Welcome to Foundations of Emo, hosted by Claire and Danny. Each episode, we take one of our favourite bands and dive deep into their history and origins, reminiscing on our own emo roots along the way. Woohoo! I saved it there, did you see? We're f- recording two episodes in a row today, so we've already like given our news on the last one. Yeah, so, um... I know, so... <laughs> I got something, I got something! I got, I have news. I didn't say on the last one that when I go to Milan, I'm going to be going to see Knocked Loose, motherfucker. I've never heard of Not Loose. Never heard of them? Nope. When you said it, I was like, cool. Who? I had heard of them loads, but like hadn't listened to them that much. They're they're hardcore. I don't know if you would like... No, probably not down with it. They're no. quite shouty, but like melodic at the same time. Um, I have some news. Yeah. Super Bowl's on tonight. Taylor Swift's coming. <laughs> As we record this, this is going up weeks later. <laughs> Do you know who's performing at the Super Bowl? Who? So random. Usher. Oh. When's the last time an Usher song came out? Don't know. Hmm. Haven't thought about Usher in a long time. No. Also, I got sleep token tickets for November. Oh, she did. Three of them. Yeah. It was a whole fiasco. I hate Ticketmaster. They owe me compensation for my mental health, the way they damage it. (laughs) At one stage, I thought I had no tickets. Now I have three tickets, two seated and one standing. I'm going to go see them in Manchester. Did you purposely pick Manchester for a reason? The reason I chose Manchester was that it was the biggest capacity venue. So I thought I had the most chance of getting those tickets. Smart. Yeah. And plus we know Manchester like the back of our hand. Then. Yeah. And Steph lives there. So oh, I yeah. figured I'd see her while yeah, I was there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, I also did try to get tickets to Cardiff. I had multiple people in on this trying to get me tickets. Yeah. <laughs> multiple people. It was very stressful. <laughs> I had Claire. Claire was not looking for sleep token tickets. She was helping me buy them. But it's so stressful because it's like, you are number whatever. And then it's like, and now it's your turn. You go in there like, sorry, all sold out. You're I like, know. don't Why did they bring keep me? you in the queue? Like, Yeah, if they're sold out, just stop it. <laughs> don't like bring you right to the checkout and then be like, whoops, try again. No. And what happened with me, I actually checked out with two-seated tickets and then it failed at the end after I'd like given my card details and everything. And then it said, this has failed. And it brought me back into the room to buy more tickets, except there were none left. And I was like, what the fuck? And then literally 15 minutes later, I got an email being like, here's your tickets. I was like, sorry, my nerves. <laughs> but there'd be so many people who bought more, probably, because I thought they didn't have them. Yeah, then they ended up with loads. Oh, it's a nightmare. Nightmare system. But you're good. But I have them. Yeah. I was also trying to get tickets to Cardiff because that was the smallest capacity venue and I wanted to see them in a small venue. Also, But Cardiff, I also knew that like, it was, there was no chance of getting them. I would love to go to a gig in Wales. I love Wales. Yeah. Welshman. I thought I had oh. never been to Wales, but I've been to Hollyhead when I was a kid. We used to go to Wales every year when I was a child on the ferry. Yeah. Stay in a caravan. I know it well. <laughs> I love the accent. <laughs> Well, listen, I'm going to mank instead, so it's all good. Because. It's all good. Got to Aflex, get some t-shirts, have a good time. Where? That arcade that we went to. Is that what it's called? Like, because in my head, I was like, that place with the giant heart. <laughs> Take pictures of the black heart <laughs> that say it's MCOR on it. Live my email dreams. Oh, yeah, we have a sticker there. I wonder if it's still there. <laughs> I went into PMAX, actually, a couple of weeks ago before I found out it was closing down. And we had stickers on the doors, at the backs of the doors of all the toilets in there at one stage. And I went in, they were gone. So I, like, <gasps> I replace them. <laughs> we are a nightmare for cleaners. Oh, well. Well, will we get started yeah, on this episode? Let's do it. This episode is going to be very intense. Trigger warnings for everything. I'll, I'll put more trigger warnings later when we, before we get into the like very controversial part. But I would say mind yourselves listening to this episode. If you think you're not able to listen to it, don't. Sorry, Claire, you have no choice. Yeah, I know. So I hope you're not triggered. All right, let's just record it with the most mentally unstable person I know. (laughs) What could go wrong? 
Uh, okay, let's go. So because this episode is very controversy heavy, I'm going to try and fly through the music section quite briefly because I don't really care about the music section anymore because They're the controversy shit. is so bad. Okay, so let's talk about Aiden. So Aiden formed in the spring of 2003 in Seattle, Washington, while the band were still in high school. They're named after the spooky kid Aiden Keller from the 2002 movie The Ring. Oh, I never knew that. Although they changed the spelling. I didn't know that either. So there were several lineup changes at the beginning before the quintet, who are Nick Wiggins on bass, Jake Davison on drums, Angela Barra. <laughs> Angela Barra. On guitar, and Jake Wambold also on guitar, and Will, William Will Francis. So he stylizes his name like small W-I and then big L, which is a nightmare to type into Microsoft Word. I'll just have you know. He's on vocals, obviously. And they were solidified and entered the studio in 2004 to record their debut album, Our Gang's Dark Oath. So the guitarist Ankel and drummer Jake were still in high school when they recorded the album and it was released shortly after they finished. Before we get into like how much we hate them and all, by the way, I don't hate them, but I'm assuming I will after this. I just, do you remember that? I was like, our gang's dark. Oh, yeah, okay. Come on. Is Aiden where we met? Yes! Oh my God, it is! That's really sad. Oh, that's so sad. It's sad that they're cancelled now. It's okay, there was three other bands. That's <laughs> so the album is named after the second chapter in the book The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. It's described as a post-hardcore album with elements of punk rock and screamo and often sees the band compared to AFI. Lyrics describe singer Will's history of drug abuse, being alone in his mid-teens and leaving jail. So he had got kicked out of school in eighth grade when he was about 13 or 14 and never went to high school. Oh. He said that in the early years of the band, he was angry at the world, but later he stopped caring. Making two song samplers of their album, the band passed a couple of thousand copies around their hometown, sparking a word-of-mouth buzz about them around Seattle. And in June 2004, it was officially released through an indie record label called Dead Teenager. That is a terrible name for a record it's, label. It's a bit oh weird. my god! I think it's cool handing out the album so many copies of the album yeah. that like everyone in the town knows yeah, you. Like yeah. I think that's that's pretty cool. That's what we aim to be with our stickers. <laughs> So after the release of the album, the band threw themselves into playing shows and were quickly snapped up by Victory Records by that December. In the summer of 2005, they jumped on tour with The Hurt Process, The Junior Varsity and The Audition and released their second album, Nightmare Anatomy, that October, their first through Victory Records. It was produced by Steve Carter, who also produced their first album and featured three singles, Knife Flood Nightmare, The Last Sunrise and Die Romantic. I don't remember any of those songs. Die Romantic. I, I do remember Die Romantic, but the other two, nah. Die Since I started writing this episode, I have had Die Romantic in my head every day. Oh no. Every day. I was actually walking to the bathroom in work and I have to like go down the stairs and there was like no one around. And I was like, Die Romantic. And I was like, Danny, they're cancelled for a start. <laughs> the album peaked at number 196 on the Billboard 200 and number 9 on the Billboard Heat Seekers chart, selling over 89,000 copies and it's received mixed to negative reviews. It's since become one of the band's most commercially and critically successful albums. I feel like this might be the only album I've ever listened to. I was to just about to, I was reading that and I was like, is that their only album? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not, but it's probably the only one I listen to. And as much as like some of the tunes I thought were catchy, it was a bit cringe or something. Oh no, yeah, like objectively voice. they're not a good band, and I don't think. his voice was just so whiny. Yes, yeah, so like stereotypical whiny yeah. emo kind of thing. And I like when we were going to go see them at the Victory Records tour in 2006... I would have listened to the album to like know them yeah, more. Yeah. I was never heavily into them because I did, I don't know, I didn't like his voice that much. Yeah. 
I think I wanted to like them. Yeah, I think like they were pretty cool for a while. Yeah. And I was like, God, I wish I could get into that kind of thing. And they had like an image and everything. And yeah. I, like I want to be into them, but I wasn't. So I think that's the only album I ever listened to. But thanks to them, I got into Bayside and Sleeping because I never would have listened to them if we hadn't had to go to that Yes. The Sleeping. Literally was listening to them earlier on. <sighs> so good. So for the rest of the year, they opened for the Never Sleep Again tour with Silverstein, Bayside and Hawthorne Heights. In March and April 2006, they supported 30 Seconds to Mars and Victory Records re-released Our Gang's Dark Oath with new artwork. In May and June, they supported Him. They're on the Him vibe. Yeah, yeah. I, do you know at first I was like, what? Because like the music isn't similar, but the vibe, yeah. the dark goth yeah. aesthetic kind of thing. Then they played the 2006 Warp Tour and in September 2006 came to Dublin as part of the Victory Records yes. Tour with Bayside, The Audition and The Sleeping. The Audition, that's the band I couldn't remember. I was like, There's definitely another one there. I had to Google it, honestly. <laughs> that didn't come from my head. <laughs> In October and November, they supported Silverstein again. And in 2007, they played with Lost Profits and Taken Back Sunday, took part in the US leg of the Taste of Chaos tour alongside the used 30 Seconds to Mars, Census Fail, Saison and Chiodos. How many episodes have we done there? That's like a list of our episodes. Did a tour of the West Coast and then a national tour called Confessions in the Dark with Drop Dead Gorgeous and Still Remains. There was an episode we did and some band sounded like some other band and in my head, I could not think of the band's name and I could see it on my iPod. And I was like, what is the name of that band? It was Drop Dead Gorgeous. Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah, it's just come to me. <laughs> Basically, every band there are like bands that we liked or... Yeah, whatever. They were with everybody. I was talking to someone else about this before. It's like Aiden were n- like never heard of them. And then yeah. suddenly they were everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. And then they just as quickly kind of disappeared, disappeared off the radar. They were kind of on, to me, on the same buzz as... Do you remember Medina Lake? Yeah. <laughs> who had that like one song as well and then they just they had one album I listened yeah. to that album quite a bit was there twins in that band? Or they had the yeah, same yeah yeah they were twins so at this time Will was dating Mandy Murders who is Ronnie Radka's ex okay that just says it all like you could stop the episode there yeah so she obviously has excellent <laughs> taste in men excellent no offence to her maybe she's lovely but um, I don't trust her judgement is what I'll say red uh, flag red flag she's the one from the, the album cover the Escape the Fate album cover yeah 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 (laughs) so in August 2007 the band released their third studio album Conviction completely changing the band's musical direction it was produced by John Goodmanson who has produced for Bikini Kill Death Cab for Cutie Hanson Los Campesinos Sepultura and Simple Plans Crash and Burn album Hanson and I made that comprehensive list because they're so wildly different all of them like (laughs) I don't know what his vibe is (laughs) And so this album has a lighter, more melodic sound. I don't remember this album. I must have not listened to it. As I said, I think they like appeared. We listened to one album and then they disappeared and we just forgot I'm, about them. I'm really glad you're not making me listen to this. Yeah, no, me too. The album art was created by Alex Pardee, who you may remember from our episode on The Used. I do remember. He but... created all those amazing yes, 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 things. Yes. So it's one of the band's most commercially successful albums, but still received generally negative reviews from critics. After the album's release, they continued touring, doing US tours supported by bands such as Medina Lake. <laughs> I told you, on that vibe. A European tour supported by Kill Hannah and then back to the US to close out the tour. Who's Hannah? Why do they want Kill Hannah. Hannah. Do you not remember that band? No. I don't know if I ever listened to them, but I know the name really, really well. Mm. I think, I have a feeling they were another band that everyone who was cool listened to and I was like, God, I wish I could like, I wish I, I could like I that band cool. and be cool. <laughs> but I just never listened to them. 
So in May 2008, they played Bamboozlefest and then announced on their website that guitarist Jake Wambold was no longer a member of the band. They can continue playing shows as a four-piece. In October 2008, Will released his side project, William Control, with his debut album, Hate Culture. Oh, do you remember this? William Control like, was ringing a bell for me. I was like, oh, yeah. I've heard of that, but I never, because I didn't really care about Aiden, so I never got into that either. But according to a Kerrang! magazine interview, it tells the story of a character named William Control and his last night on earth before he kills himself. William Control refers to both the band as a whole and to Will as his stage name. I think for the rest of the episode I just call him Will, but you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> he was signed to Victory Records before starting his own independent label, Control Records, and as William Control has released five full-length albums, which are Hate Culture, Noir, Silentium Amoris, The Neuromancer, and Revelations, which is split into four separate EPs. Sounds a bit narcissistic. No? He also released an EP, two acoustic albums, two live DVDs, and a remix album. What has he not done? A Christmas album. Yeah. <laughs> so in May 2009, Aiden released their fourth full-length album, Knives, through Victory Records. It was recorded and produced by Will at his own studio, which is called Sleepy Hollow, in Seattle. I probably would have thought oh, this was cool, but like, because I know what's yeah, coming, I'm just like rolling my I'm eyes like, at everything. I'm here like, ew, ew. Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> So it's said to be a return to their horror punk style and the band described it as raw, it's fast, it's pissed. <laughs> Are you hungry for that kind of music, Claire? <laughs> hungry. <laughs> oh. Oh. In April 2009, Aiden announced a UK tour on their MySpace. They stated that they chose the smallest venues that were available. I did think that was kind of cool because I like seeing bands in small venues. So. In my head, I was like... Did you just choose them because you knew you wouldn't sell out the bigger ones? <laughs> Maybe. And in May, they headlined the Music Saves Lives Summer Kickoff Party. On the 2009 Vans Warp Tour, they did signings for a non-profit organisation where they met with fans who gained special access to the band by donating blood. Um, I don't know the logistics of this. So I'm just going to say, as a medical scientist, I think that's pretty cool. There is a blood shortage. Mm-hmm. But it seems slightly weird. I get it because of their like horror vibes to be like you have to donate blood and obviously it's a really good cause. Could you give blood at the festival like at yeah, work like, tour or was this something you did before and had like proof of or I don't know what's. I'm not imagining like it all set up in a like real clinical proper way. <laughs> I'm literally work tour, yeah, give blood. <laughs> I'm literally imagining people like with fangs or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> something weird and creepy. I to suck your blood yeah. <laughs> and donate it. <laughs> So in March 2011, they released their fifth studio album, Disguises, through Victoria Victoria, Victoria Records. Records. Victory Records. It was produced by Will himself. This is the only Aiden album not to chart on the Billboard 200 or any other chart, for that matter. That's really awkward. Because there's 200 spaces there. <laughs> Surely you get at least one. Well, I just, I just haven't heard about them in all these years. No. So I don't know what's. I would have said they stopped after that like second, third album. Yeah. I was surprised to see how many they had. Yeah. In May 2011, they announced that drummer Jake Davison had left the band, pursuing a new direction in life. Nice. Don't know what that means. They then recruited Ryan Seaman, who was the drummer of Falling in Reverse, and they went on tour. So he didn't he didn't become like a full member. It was just for them touring. Yeah, but again, what's all these links to... Yeah, you've got links to Ronnie Radka, babe. Yeah. You're cancelled already. Yeah. <laughs> in October 2011, so bearing in mind they just released Disguises in March, mm-hmm. they then released a new album in October. What? Their sixth studio album, Some Kind of Hate, which is the name of a song by the Misfits, which I presume that's where they took it from, because they seem like a band who would be influenced by the Misfits. Yeah, they do, actually. 
So in December 2011, the band announced on their website that they'd be headlining the Rock Beyond Belief Festival at Fort Bragg in March. So the festival was billed as a secular response to the Christian musical music, music festival, Rock the Fort, which had previously taken place at Fort Bragg. And the festival organisers used the music video for their song Hysteria as a part of the event's promotion. Is that like some Christians were having a little music festival and they were like, meh, we're going to have a different one? Yeah, and the song Hysteria, I think it had loads of like anti-religious iconography in the video and stuff. So there was like controversy around that. Mm. Unnecessary, I would say. Like if you can have a God festival, why can't I have a non-God festival? No, absolutely. But I'm just saying, just have your non-God festival. Don't be like, meh. Yeah, rubbing it in their face. Yeah. It is, it's kind of like, I'm really against religion, but also if that's what you want to do, good for you. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't need to as long as you're not asking you're me to come with you, that's fine. <laughs> I will not go to mass. <laughs> <laughs> On January 1st, 2012, lead guitarist, Barra <laughs> announced that he was leaving the band. I remember, was he the short, fat one? I don't remember. I think I, I don't remember I anyone apart from I picture him exactly in my head. And despite this, the same month, the band embarked on Something Wicked This Way Comes Tour with Wednesday 13 and Modern Day Escape with Ian McWilliams and Keith West joining on guitar and drums for the tour. When that was finished, they went on hiatus. This is definitely not the guy I was thinking of. <laughs> nope, never mind, he's not the short pound. So Will wanted to focus on William Control, and bassist Nick wanted to focus on his new band, Girl on Fire. During this time, Will also did some producing for Fearless Vampire Killers and Ashes to Angels. Can I just say something here? Mm-hmm. Why is it not Man on Fire? Why is the girl on fire? Why does it always kill Hannah, girl on fire? Like, let's not kill John or boy on fire. (laughs) Kill Will. Yeah. In an interview with Under the Gun Review in January 2013, Will stated that Aiden would disband after releasing one more album. So they had gone on hiatus, when did I say, 2012? And then the next year he said, we're going to come back to one more album and that's the end of us. So on 30th of December 2014, Aiden broke their two-year silence by posting simply 2015 on their Facebook account hinting at a possible reunion. On January 2nd, Will posted on Facebook that a new Aiden album was in the works. He revealed that Nick Wiggins had left the band, leaving him as the only remaining original member. Brendan Urie. (laughs) 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 Which I wonder how much of this is to do with what a dick he is, but um, I didn't find anything about it online, so I don't know any of the reasons why everybody left, but he was literally the only remaining original member. So Kenneth Fletcher, a longtime member of William Control's live band, replaced Nick on bass. In July, Will stated that he wished to release the final Aiden album as a free digital download with a planned release date of October 31st, Halloween. Of course, of course. Yes, of we, course. Get it. we get it, sure I got. <laughs> in order to fund the album, he auctioned off much of his old Aiden memorabilia, including outfits he wore in Aiden music videos. Is that kind of sad? Like, I get we're going to start to hate him, but like, I'm just thinking of this old, sad person... Being like, I'm just going to sell all my clothes. I think it's weird. Like, I know you're like, okay, the band's finished. We're not going back there. But like, why would you not want like memorabilia from the band you were in that like you got to tour the world with and stuff? Yeah. Also, maybe nobody wants this album. Well, the fact that he wanted to release it as a digital download for free to everyone. It's like, why? Nobody wants it. Stop trying to make it happen. (laughs) So the self-titled final album was self-released in October 2015. It features guest vocals from Ashley Costello of New Year's Day, Adam Crilly of Ashes to Angels, Chris Motionless of Motionless and White, Craig Mabbitt of Escape the Fate, oh, for God's sake. and Keir Kemp of Fearless Vampire Killers, as well as guest drumming from Falling in Reverse's Ryan Seaman. Why did she just be in Falling in Reverse? <laughs> they released one single from it called Crawling Up From Hell. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Something trying to crawl up from hell there from the depths of my soul. <laughs> 
<laughs> I went on the last Sunrise tour to promote it, billing it as the band's final tour. For this tour, Aiden performed Nightmare Anatomy in its entirety. And even though drummer Keith West contributed to Aiden, he was replaced by Ben Turkentontus for the tour. <laughs> Turkentontus. That's definitely a Greek name. Torkentonus. Torkentonus. Sure. So for the tour, Aiden played their final show January 31st in the Camden Underworld in London. Oh. Which I've been, I've had a drink there. It's actually a pub. Um, oh, I know it. Yeah, I do. So yeah. that is everything to do with the music. Cool, cool. Let's get on to the shit. The shit. And can I point out that we're only on page three of seven. <laughs> so, yeah. so here we go, girls. So now I've got to put in my trigger warning. We're trigger warning for rape, eating disorders, all forms of abuse, violence, drugs, self-harm, and possibly other things that I have forgot to say here. If you are sensitive in any way, please stop listening. It, this was really hard for me to write. See ya. Um, <laughs> this was really hard for me to write. So like, yeah, just take care of yourself. We'll put some links in the box to like helplines and stuff like that, because this is like really intense. And I feel like we're doing a completely different kind of podcast now. Got true crime. <laughs> oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. kind of a true crime, yeah. So in 2018, a story broke where multiple women came forward to accuse Will of physical, sexual, emotional, and financial abuse. Before this, in 2017, Will had posted something on uh, Facebook. He said, A real and sincere apology to anyone in the world for any hurt I have caused. He said, my methods of punishment were rather extreme and I never meant to cause anyone any real physical or emotional damage. And then he deleted that post and announced that he was retiring from touring. Suspicious. So this is before any stories broke. Mm. He posted that and then deleted it so and then said he was knew. retiring. Yeah. So he knew there was stuff going to come out. So the following year is when it started. So it all started with Victoria Chan, who posted like Twitter DMs that took place when she was 16. So she had all this proof and evidence of it. And then she posted this statement to Facebook. So she said, I would like to publicly restate that it is known to myself and many others that the artist known as William Control operates what can only be described as a sex cult that targets young, emotionally unstable women into becoming BDSM sex slaves. I started to get groomed into this cult when I was 14 years old and went through extreme mental and emotional problems until I was 17 years old. This led to many things from self-harm to drug dependency, even to eventually getting sectioned. My birth date is the 20th of the 3rd, 1996. So by the posting of this message, you can see that I'm in fact 16 years old at the date of this message. So that was to do with the Twitter DMs that she was posting. Oh, okay, yeah. To give some context, William and another woman who had been grooming me from a young age had started to get worried about people noticing that I was texting him. Concerned about my age and knowing fully well what he was doing was illegal, it was encouraged for me to change his name on my phone and also to date someone of my own age to avoid suspicion. I'm very lucky to have got out when I did. William is currently making his money from an unknown number of sexual slaves. Some live in a house together already and others work as forced sex workers giving over to him control of their lives. Vulnerable young women are in danger. Over the past few months, I've been in contact with upwards of 20 women who have come forward with this abuse blurring the lines of consent and targeting people who are unable to consent due to their mental health instability. So I do actually remember all this. I Like I vaguely remember reading a story about it and being like, what the actual fuck? I remember hearing like, oh, he was like running some sex cult or yeah, something. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, what? And then I was like, that's so bizarre. Like, surely not. Yeah, I kind so of just like, yeah, so like, I whatever, never okay. looked into it. Yeah. I didn't know any of the details. 
So I've seen like the DMs and it's like this woman talking to Victoria and being like, pretend to date someone your own age, change his name on your phone. Like he would get in loads of trouble and all this stuff. And where did she meet him? At a gig probably. I, I don't actually know, to be honest. Warp tour. So when this all came out, it, it blew up and like was went viral. And Will posted a statement to his official William Control Facebook page saying, the truth is I went into the police for questioning about these allegations earlier this year. After showing the detective my side of the story, including private communication, he recommended no charges be pressed because it was clear the behaviour was consensual. I have in the past engaged in heavy role play and bondage relationships with consent. However, I do not engage in that sort of play anymore. And for anyone who feels as though I've hurt them or violated their consent, I'm sorry. It won't ever happen again. There are lots of things that have been said that are outright lies. I have never been with underage girls. I have never been involved in a sex cult. The next day, he announced that he'd be shutting everything down completely, adding, I'm sorry to everyone, but it's best that I focus on my family and not have any more communication with the outside world. Mm -hmm. Spoken like someone truly innocent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's gross. He is disgusting. He's always given me the ick, like, to be fair. Yeah, now you look at him and the way he dresses up on stage and all, and I'm like, ew. Yeah, so what I learned from doing this research as well is William Control, that side project, all the songs are, like, not all the songs, a lot of songs are about, like, BDSM and, like, being in control. And, like, he played a character that was really heavily into, like, fucking taking advantage of people, basically. But, like, calling it, "Mm, I'm your master, you know, this kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, So, another victim, Lily, that's not her real name, she changed her name. She retweeted his apology with her less than satisfied response and she said she knew at once that something bad was going to happen. Less than five minutes later, Will had emailed her. The emails included sexually explicit texts that she had sent him after they had consensually hooked up and he alluded to the pictures and videos she had sent him. Like, he basically was like... Threatening her? Yeah, threatening her. Cool. I mean, like, look, I've got this evidence that you sent me this stuff on purpose, so... The email from him advised that he was in talks with his lawyer about a defamation of character lawsuit and that they would be looking for tens of thousands of dollars in damages. Um, I don't think you need someone else to wreck your character. I think you've done that all by yourself. Yeah, but I just like he's threatening within five minutes of her posting yeah, of something. He was. he was in her DMs fucking threatening her or in her email. Sorry. Gross. So Lily said she was a big fan of Aiden as a preteen and also loved his solar project. She said in 2012, at a William Control show, he told her that she was beautiful and mentioned how he'd been waiting for her to turn 18, as they had met the previous year at another gig. They then had a consensual sexual encounter on his tour bus. A few months later, they were texting, and he asked if she'd like to be his slave. She said she was 19 and didn't really have any direction, so said, sure. Also, this comes down to the control, or the the power balance of her being a 19-year-old child, him being like an idol of hers in yeah. a big massive band what age was he at this time god i don't know let me check. he's he was born in 80 82 or 84 keep going so she yeah she just agreed to be his slave she described what ensued as an awful abusive relationship under the guise of bdsm she had to sign a contract in blood and a few other women have said they had to do the same thing so this is a recurring thing that comes up in the stories so now all i'm thinking is all that blood they collected at that festival is yeah. for this kind of shit <laughs> And he told her that at some point he wanted her to get a tattoo as a way of him branding her. He told her he wanted her to change her appearance, lose weight, and she developed an eating disorder. There were rules and she would have to record herself doing various degrading sexual acts for him. He's gross. 
She said she ended up driving to a William Control show in Orlando as part of her slave duties. She said, what started out as consensual sex became brutal, way beyond spanking or biting. He broke skin when he bit her and she was crying and he said, I can't do this if you're going to fucking cry like that. Then he flipped her over and despite her saying no and crying, he anally raped her. Then he left to go soundcheck for the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Lily advised that a few weeks before this story broke, she'd been added to a group chat with other women talking about the sex cult. She said everyone was sharing photos of their tattoos and brandings and going over all the horrible things. Lily said she was only in the relationship with Will for six months and after the Orlando incident knew she had to get out. But some of the women in that chat were in it for much longer. And she said, what really frightens me about him also is his fan base. There are so many women because his whole persona thing is being a dom, BDSM. And the shitty thing is, it's like the Fifty Shades of Grey thing of, oh, it's not abusive. It's just kinky. And that's the way he plays it off. And it's like, no, that's abuse. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm sure loads of people are into BDSM and all that stuff. And that is fine if it's, you know consensual healthy whatever i'm not judging that aspect of it i'm judging the aspect of using it as an excuse to do all this shit that otherwise he would not get away with yeah yeah no absolutely no kink shaming to anyone who is into that but like what he's doing isn't that bdsm involves a lot of like safe words and like and limits being like listen we're not doing this and you stick to that because it's a consensual relationship Yeah, yeah where he was doing none of that And yeah, just using it for his own, like, to be able to say that. So a friend of Lily's confirmed that she had also received a message from Will with screenshots of the sexually explicit messages that Lily had sent him and all of the legal threats. So he was, like, spreading it around. Yeah. Well, at least to her best friend so that she knew he was serious, I presume. Which, again, is, like, revenge porn kind of stuff. Like, you can't send people's shit around. Yeah. So a Tumblr page was created featuring disturbing images, videos and statements from some of the women involved with Will. It's been taken down now. It was linked in loads of articles I was reading, but it's gone. Gone, yeah. So a lot of the women had W tattooed above their crotches, while another posted a picture of hers and said, the W in roses was the first part. I later got him to write whore on me and that tattooed on. The lyrics are his and were added summer 2017. He made out that only a select few got collared and an even more select few were allowed to be branded. It felt like such an honour at the time. Now I know there are countless women walking around with his initial on their pussy. Oh my god, sorry. I'm, all I'm thinking of is how like he probably was sitting there like, yeah, all these women. So <gasps> when I read this, I was imagining like a little kind of chicken scratch like W. Yeah. Was it massive? I saw pictures and it's like women's entire crotch areas with a big intricate W's with swirls like calligraphy like whatever about getting like sorry not whatever about getting branded but besides the being branded part the pain to yeah. have to get that tattooed on you what <laughs> I think on my vagina oh yeah like that is branding that's like he has taken over yeah everything there yeah it's a vile like you could only ever go out with someone whose name began with a W <laughs> and there's not a lot of names Walter William Walter Wanda Winifred <laughs> <laughs> so an anonymous 21 year old posted a W carved into her rib cage and called it a scar branding that he had given her she said she'd refused to get a tattooed so he tied her down and carved his initial into her chest oh this is a weird thing to have come into my head but where does he get the time to do all this like what's he before doing before sound check obviously <laughs> he's raping women and then going to sound check another victim named Sarka wrote 
BDSM definitely isn't about beating the shit out of anyone, about building the relationship only on fear, dependency, manipulation and one-sided abuse. And consent isn't definitely about just saying yes because you simply don't have any other choice. I couldn't consent because I was scared to death. I couldn't consent because of the loaded gun being forcefully pulled to my mouth, which is definitely the threat of force. I couldn't consent because being beaten to the pulp to the pulp isn't definitely the right way how t- sorry, I copy and paste this, this makes no sense. <laughs> being beaten to the pulp isn't definitely the right way how to be consensual, and trying to refuse always meant only more torture until I gave up. I couldn't consent because being beaten heavily with fists to my face and head temples, as well as being choked, made me unconscious. She said that she was financially extorted for $100,000 over the course of three years. Christ. A long-time former girlfriend of Will, Stormy Summers, also brought up financial domination. So I think this is interesting that this is a girl, she was with him for seven years. Yeah. In a relationship, not a like BDSM, like sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sex friend or whatever they want to call themselves. Like literally his girlfriend of seven years. And she has come out about this. Yeah. Which I think says a lot. So she posted a number of videos online lending support and validation to other survivors saying, if you were fucking whipped and beaten and had to go to hospital, I hear you. They were together nine years. Sorry, I was wrong. Nine years. Wow. And in that time, Stormy said she sustained serious injuries, including a collapsed throat, dislocated jaw and black eyes. How does your throat collapse? You'll find out. Oh, no. She said that she was also ordered by Will to work as a cam girl, stripped and dominatrix to make money for him and was made recruit and groom other girls for him. She said what he considers BDSM, basically he just beats the shit out of you and brainwashes you to believe your sole purpose is to serve him and to worship him, and that's her job. It went from crossing lines of consent to totally physical annihilation. Christ. Annihilation, that's a big word. It's so dark. So Stormy talked about an incident where Will texted her and said she had to be at his hotel room within the hour. She knew she couldn't disobey him, so she went straight over, and the second she walked in, he started punching her in the face over and over and dragging her around by the hair. That's the incident where she sustained all those major injuries. She thought that she was going to die. He then had sex with her while she was going in and out of consciousness. He drove her home, slapping her in the face whenever she started crying, and then he kicked her out of the car completely naked, and she had to hide in a bush and wait for her brother to pick her up. Oh, God. She said Will made her recruit another woman and tried to get her out of her shell by taking her to strip clubs and things. She said that she dropped her at the bus station and the girl was so excited to be a part of it all and Stormy cried the whole way home knowing she was destroying someone's life. Apparently the girl is only around 19 and Stormy believes that she's still stripping and doing things for Will. So So this, this article was written the year after the incident where she recruited the girl, I think. But it was basically a Daily Beast article. They got a hold of like that one Victoria Chan statement, the first statement, and then did a deep dive into all of this. So it's this one article. And I read loads of articles. They all just refer back to this. Like this is the the big one. Stormy said, seeing all these women come forward in a fucked up way, it was such a relief. Hearing so many other stories that are similar to mine, I felt like finally someone believed me. I felt validated for what I had experienced. And for so long, I was told I was crazy and it didn't happen. Nobody in their right mind would want to create this kind of stuff. No one can consent to rape. I didn't have control over it. I couldn't say no. None of these poor girls could say no. You say no and you get his wrath twice as hard. Yeah, I think that's important to emphasize that everyone's always like, why don't they just leave? Or why did they say yes? It's not, it's not that easy. Yeah, and it's the control, the power balance yeah. thing. 
So she said that over the years, she witnessed Will physically abusing other women and demanding payments. She said one time he ordered two women to get married so that one could get a green card. The American woman, Amanda, came forward in this interview and confirmed that this was true. She said that the other woman had left Will and she couldn't find her anywhere online. So he forced the two of them to get married? Yeah. To get one of them a green card. Oh my God. And then that woman disappeared. So now this woman, Amanda, is legally married to someone who's like gone missing. Another victim who called herself Sarah posted an entry on Tumblr detailing the story of her three years with him. In it, she spoke about how she was told to keep their relationship secret and how she was completely dependent on him. She said, he uses the guise of BDSM to inflict pain and violence on women, to bully them. There were never any safe words or aftercare. He violated limits on multiple occasions. She also said that this, that she is thousands of pounds in debt because of the money he demanded from her and he made her change her will and pension payout to make him the sole beneficiary. And he still can't afford to release an album. <laughs> she said he knew about her history of depression and told her she'd probably kill herself over him one day. Lovely. And he said that when she did, he would t- have a picture of, hang a picture of her up in the house that she will have bought him. So his other women would always see her. And also he'd get a tattoo incorporating some of her ashes into it. What the hell? Like He's like planning this woman's death. Just like telling her all this? Yeah. Cool. And she was like obviously in a dark place and stuff. Yeah, and she yeah. was just like, yeah, this, I probably will kill myself over yeah. you. Nice. Sarah also said, he also twice sent me pictures of him having sex with other women. I doubt they gave their consent either. That's one reason why I'm frightened to do anything about all of this in case he publishes any of it as revenge porn. Yeah, but she probably would, 100%. Yeah, it's like he's got situation. shit on everybody. Yeah, like, yeah. He can do it to anyone. These are all people who he's in sexual relationships with. Yeah. He's got loads of stuff. He's gross. And even like, all the, when he said he like gave evidence to the police, it's like, yeah, I'm sure there are messages that are consensual yeah, there. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But as part of a bigger thing, they were like under his control. Yeah. <sighs> and that girl, Sarah, like she had a massive Tumblr post, like I didn't copy and paste it all because it's really, really long. Yeah. But um, she was saying, like the impression I got was like, she's kind of a bigger girl and he didn't physically try to like, do much to her like mm. in terms of beating her up like physical violence but he would do it all emotionally and like psychologically yeah, yeah, yeah. because he knew she was like that was her weak point yeah and she said something like he had her recruit other girls and he'd always be like oh no babe i love you like i don't like those like real skinny looking like anorexic type girls they're uh, they're not for me and then he'd make her go out and recruit really skinny girls to fuck with her head like he's so smart like mm. he's clearly a highly intelligent manipulative pig like yeah so the daily beast posted a section of the pledge that the girls were made sign with their blood (laughs) and it said my body is his to use in any way he should choose and i will never object to any actions he chooses to perform or have myself perform on him there is no limitations to what kind of pain i am willing to endure for my master like he had to sit down and write that and like make it up. Like he had to sit there and be like, what is this pledge? I'm going to make them all sign. And that's what he came up with. And it's vile. Yeah. It's absolutely vile. And like that isn't what BDSM is. There are limitations. Yeah. And you can always say no because sex is a consensual act between yeah. two people. Like, you can object to anything. Yeah. At any time. So faced with the accusations, in June 2018, Will announced a cancellation of his album's release and the closure of control records to avoid affecting any other artists on the label. Several artists who had recently been signed to Control Records announced their departure in the wake of the accusations, with Daniel Graves of Aesthetic Perfection announcing that he'd be re-releasing his collaboration, Rhythm and Control, with Will's vocals removed, 
and 100% of the proceeds for the first six months donated to Planned Parenthood. Yes! That is cool. Things we love to see. Yes. In October 2018, Will released a music video for All the Love. His accusers pointed out that it contained lyrics that suggested it was meant to taunt them and encourage them to commit suicide. Like, I don't even have words for that. Even the title of it is just so wrong. It gets worse. Oh. In 2019, almost a year after the allegations broke, Will posted a series of videos attempting to clear his name, describing in detail his relationship with each woman and showing screenshots of their conversations, etc. as evidence. So these videos, a lot of them are still on YouTube. Yeah. Some of them were taken down for Reagan guidelines. Yeah. So I don't know if they were more sexually explicit or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're like hour long. And it's like, they're literally called my relationship with Sarah. And then an hour long video about her. And then like my relationship with Stormy. I actually meant to watch like at least one of the videos just to kind of get the gist, even though I don't want to. Yeah. But I, I didn't have a chance, so I didn't watch any. I think we get the gist. He's so disgusting. He's sitting there and he's wearing like a shirt and like suspenders and like smoking a cigarette and being like... Mm. like that's just from the thumbnail I was like put down he admits that he had extramarital affairs while on tour and said that this coverage of his infidelity led to the breakdown of his marriage and the loss of friends in the industry sorry this man is married yeah so it was this point in the story that I learned he had been married oh my god okay so his wife Lindsay posted on her Instagram story that she believed the allegations and she was taking their son Phineas and leaving him Terrible name, sorry. Phineas. Phineas. Billy Eilish's brother is all I think of. Oh, he is, yeah. So she later came out and said she wasn't leaving, leaving him because of a BDSM sex cult, but because of all the extramarital affairs he had. Apparently he told her that he wanted to continue them, and she said no. I, like, there's just so much in that to break down. I can't even... So... I want to continue all these all the allegations that came out is the first she knew of all of this and was like what do you mean you're riding all these people and he's like well babe it's consensual actually I'm not raping anyone and she's like yes but we're married sir and he's like well I still want to do it and he was like I would like to continue having these affairs and she was like my good sir absolutely not that will not be happening on my watch and fair play to her like he's so fucking demented like I'm sorry but like your wife catches you having affairs with numerous people. And you're like, oh. But babe, I'd, like, I'd, li- I'd really like to continue to do that. Uh. And apparently something that she said, she wrote out all these things. I saw screenshots from her Instagram story. She like wrote on pen and paper all these like feelings and thoughts she was having. And one of the main things was like when they got together, he was like, I would never be with a fan. Like I would never, ever do that to you. Fans, you know, whatever, like little fangirls wouldn't be for me. And like, these are all fans is what he got. So that hurt her even more. Yeah, yeah. That like he did ex- what he explicitly said he would never do. Yeah, because he's a liar. <sighs> so in October 2020, he released a single called Abuse. And some of the lyrics of that song are, So now you feel the pain of losing all you have. The bed you made is sad. You're suicidal. Well, take this comfort. Take this only kind advice. Don't fall in love with me. Don't fuck your idol. Who allowed him to release this? Well, I think he self-releases everything. Well, is there so. not some law where you fucking, you can't just release any old shit, like... And in April 2021, he released a six-track album called Sex Cult, no, Volume 1. No, he did. Volume 1, implying there's Volume 2. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. That's the tweet. That's it. That's the story. He's 
Scott Free release an album called Sex Cult making fun of the whole thing are you telling me there's never been anything I was waiting for the part where he like goes to jail no he's still out there oh my god it was like less than three years ago he released Sex Cult volume one I can't and who's buying this album hopefully nobody but there definitely is people some incels out there who are buying it well I did obviously stumble across the part of the internet that was like those girls are liars (laughs) I can't that was so grim like that has left me with not a lot to say yeah I feel like I think there's a few things to think about I think the fact that all of these women have such similar stories and there are countless more that I didn't include because they were very similar to ones that I had included Mm. there was tumblr pages people have physical evidence in the form of tattoos and scars they have messages. They sign this freaking pledge in blood. All of these things are like... Everyone's coming out and telling the same story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's definitely true. That's it. It's like, you can play it whatever way he wants, but it's... We have these allegation stories where it's like a drunk girl said, you know... X, Y, and Z. Someone yeah. said something. But, like, when there's so many women telling all the same stories. And he's like, ah, oh, it's BDSM, babe. And it's like, it's not if it's there's no limitations if you're just physically abusing people that's not bdsm i can't handle the narcissism of like i'm gonna release a song called abuse and i'm gonna release an album called sex cult like that is just it's only one reason he's doing that and that's to be like fuck you i can do this yeah 100 percent. and even that the lyrics contain something about you're suicidal like that is laughing at yeah. his victims well, I'm really fucking glad I never listened to any of the other albums, shithead. Yeah, that's as this as this unraveled in front of me, I was like, there's no way that I can be like, Claire, listen to this guy's albums no. <laughs> before the next episode. Like, like I felt bad listening to Cute is What We Aim For, and that is, like, that was nowhere near. <sighs> it is wild. But then again, I'm back to how I feel sorry for the other members of the band. Yeah. If they had no idea that this was happening, and they genuinely, like, wanted to just play music and enjoy the success, I feel bad for them. Or did they, is that why they all left? Yeah, probably. I just can't with this man. Like, so honestly. nobody ever listens to him again. Are they still on Spotify? Yeah, yeah. There has been no repercussions for this man. I don't understand. How? The police said, yeah, no. Doesn't look like anything to press charges for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wonder why people don't come forward. These yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine there being like so many women all coming forward with the same story with proof with everything. And being told, like, nah, don't believe you. He's gross. He is disgusting. He's definitely a narcissist. Like, and I, I actually did read that somewhere. I was surprised I hadn't got it written down there. But um, a lot of the girls said he was a narcissist. He also sounds like someone who is probably... This is my true crime coming out now. It's like spiralling. And, like, it would not surprise me in 10 years' time if it's, like, three women found chained up in William, whatever his face's name is, basement. And one of them is dead. Like... Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it always intensifies. Like, yeah. But the fact that he beat up his girlfriend like to that point where like her throat was collapsed. Like he clearly has deep psychological issues that are only going to get worse. And there is this whole thing that like he didn't go to high school because he, he, was, he was a drug addict when he was a teenager. But like... Gross. That's not an excuse. I'm not saying that's an excuse. I couldn't find much information about that actually like apparently the lyrics in the song are all about that or in the the first album yeah but other than that I couldn't find any stories or anything about it online so I don't know much about his background but like I think he's like a psychopath oh 100% he's a psychopath and what I can't stand is the fact that like 
We're just letting him roam the streets. Yeah. Knowing something even worse is probably going to happen. And who's responsible for that then? Can you imagine how frustrated those women are? Yeah. And fair play to them for coming out. My God. But imagine, like, I'm sure they're coming out with those stories thinking, like, this is going to get them. And, like, nothing came of it. And I think as well, if just so happened that all these women were in consensual sexual relationships with this man, then one of them came forward with a story and you're like, do you know what? He kind of annoyed me. Or, like, he broke up with me. Yeah. I'm going to say the same thing. Like, there's just too many women for yeah. them all to be lying. It makes no sense. And they're, like, surely all didn't just go out and get W on their vaginas by coincidence. Yeah. That's gross. Oh, he's so vile. Absolute creature. Thanks so much for that really uplifting episode on a Sunday <laughs> evening. I'm just so happy Like, right what now. did I say? I was triggered writing it. Like, I fully had to take breaks. I was like, this is so much. This is so much. And then I was obviously, like, deep diving and, like, reading so much yeah. stuff and everything. And I was like, how the fuck am I going to do an episode about this? God! Those lo- these last two episodes have been sad. Mm. Downers. Yeah. Anyway, listen to Sex Cult. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't. Do not listen to his music. Do not give him a cent of your money. No. Nope. That's another reason I didn't want to watch the YouTube videos as well, because I didn't want him to get any royalties. Like, oh, yeah, gross. YouTube thing, whatever it's called. Revenue. Well, I had a real tough time picking my next band. Yeah. Because I knew this one was going to be heavy. And I was like, well, I don't want to do one that's all about, like, bad things. Also, didn't want to do one where they had, like, 7,000 albums, because I just wasn't down for that. So I struggled. I have so many bands that I have on my list to do, but it just didn't seem like the right time. So I picked one because I think they are probably a classic. What do I say classic? They're a well-known emo band, and I know you know absolutely nothing about them. <laughs> What's new? <laughs> you will definitely not enjoy listening to them. Okay. Hit me with it. So I'm going to do Sleeping With Sirens. Okay. I've literally never listened to him in my entire life. No, but Kellen Quinn is on everything. True, true that. So, I always think he's a girl. Yep. Um, so I just, you know, I said, okay, that's the band I'm going to do. How many albums do they have? I'm going to say like five. Okay. Now, I do know one or two of their albums and I think they're fine. So you'll probably hate them. Um, if they're fine, I don't mind. But look, as far as I know, there's no BDSM in it. <laughs> Okay. I couldn't think of anything Nothing wrong there. with PDSM. I was like, but one just... of them probably a pervert. I don't know. We'll find out on uh, our next episode. Yeah. Okay, so hope you'll be happier than this one, guys. Follow take us care of on our social media. Please take care of yourself after that really heavy episode. Who's paying for my therapy? <laughs> Hopefully our social media will be more uplifting than this. So go check us out. We are Foundations of Emo on Instagram and on TikTok. And we are Foundations Emo on X. Thank you for listening if you stuck with us this far. Chat to you then. Okay, bye.